I will bless the Lord at all times. God's praise shall ever be in my mouth. Amen. It seems appropriate that the seminarian should be preaching on what might be named Call Sunday based on our readings today. It's about all we seem to talk about in seminary. What's your call? Tell me your story. I used to think of call stories as dramatic, meaning that if you experienced a call from God, it would be like a beam of light would come shining down on you and God's voice would be audible and it would say, beloved child, listen, this is what I want you to do. And then God would audibly lay out everything that I was to do, and it would be so clear. And you'd have all the skills and the tools that you would need, and it wouldn't be scary or intimidating, and certainly not uncomfortable. All would be right in the world when God called. But it doesn't work that way, at least not for the people that I know. And even Samuel, Samuel, who has such a beautiful call story in our reading today, maybe one of the most beautiful ones in Scripture, he doesn't even know he's being called. In fact, he doesn't even know God. There he is, a young boy whose mother, in thankfulness for him, gave him to a priest to serve in the temple, and he is lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God is. The ark of God from which God spoke and where God resides. And Samuel is lying down with God. Of course, we don't have an ark of the covenant in our churches, but we could picture if God had a history of speaking from this altar, that Samuel would be lying down right here on the steps in front of the altar, and that was his job. And Eli would be lying over there in the banner room, listening from his room for what was happening inside the temple. And Samuel is lying down with God right there, But did he know what he was listening for? Or that he was listening? Or did Samuel just know that his job, his place, was to be right there where his mother brought him and stay close to God? I always picture Samuel as a kindergartner, though I think he was a little older than five, but I picture him as a kindergarten because he seems so attentive and alive, and he's just ready to jump up immediately and say, here I am, here I am, for you called me. And yet, I think Samuel is like anyone at any age who hears God and maybe doesn't even know it's God. Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. We can love God, and we can be close to God without yet knowing God, without yet knowing the Word of God. And I would add that we're unlikely to know God if we don't stay close. It's a catch. The Lord called Samuel again. The Lord called Samuel four times.
times because God is persistent with us. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. What might we hear if we were to lie down with God and say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. What might you hear? What call might you hear? Eli perceived that the Lord was calling before Samuel did. Samuel had to be told what to do and what was going on. Now, Eli's sight had grown dim, meaning he couldn't hear God anymore, but he still knew what it was to hear God. And he knows the clarity with which God calls, because community is part of our, God, our call. Samuel needed Eli because we hear God in community. Martin Luther King Jr. decided to lie down with God, and he said, speak, for your servant is listening. He had experienced his call to ministry almost a decade before the midnight phone call he received on January 27, 1956, in which his and his family's lives were threatened. In his book, Strive Toward Freedom, King describes making a cup of coffee and sitting down at the kitchen table to have a talk with God. After the phone call in which he was told that he and his family would be killed if he didn't leave Montgomery. He says, the words I spoke to God that midnight are still vivid in my memory. He said, I am here taking a stand for what I believe is right, but I am afraid. The people are looking to me for leadership, and if I stand before them without strength and courage, they too will falter. I am at the end of my powers. I have nothing left. I've come to the point where I can't face it alone. Knowing that we cannot face something alone, being at the end of our powers and out of options is often where we meet God. It may be at a kitchen table. It may be in church. It may be on the yoga mat or a mountaintop. Wherever you find yourself lying with God, it may be the last thing you expect. And you may think calls are for other people. King says that at his table that night, he experienced the presence of the divine as he had never experienced God before. He said, it seemed as though I could hear the quiet assurance of an inner voice stay, saying, stand up for justice, stand up for truth, and God will be at your side forever. And after hearing that voice, he wasn't afraid. He was ready to face anything. King would not be the leader that we remember if fear had run him out of Montgomery, though I don't think any of us would blame him if he had left. But God saw King. In our gospel today, Jesus saw Nathaniel. 
He didn't just see him walking down the street, and he didn't just see him sitting under a tree. He saw Nathanael for who Nathanael was inside. And that's why he could say, here is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Jesus seeing Nathanael allows Nathanael to really see Jesus, to see him as the son of God. And because Nathanael sees Jesus, he will see even more. Nathanael recognizes Jesus' call and enters into a relationship with him. And Jesus lets him know that this relationship, Nathanael seeing Jesus and drawing closer and following, brings Nathanael to a place where he will see even more. He will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man because of this relationship. He will see more. God saw Samuel. God saw Nathaniel. God saw King because God sees us all. God calls us all, and all of us matter very much. You have a place. You fulfill a need in this world. So how, looking at Samuel and Nathaniel and King, can we learn to discern, to find out our calls, whether they be something big and life-changing or some small act that we didn't know was needed and we didn't know that we were the ones who needed to do it? Writer and theologian Frederick Buechner says, the place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. So maybe we won't actually hear God's audible voice calling our name. Maybe we won't just be studying under a tree and see Jesus, and maybe God won't join us for a midnight cup of coffee. That's okay. Maybe God's overtures to us are harder to recognize. What is your deep gladness? What brings a smile to your face and a lightness to your heart? And what does the world need? What person, what place, what thing in this world needs you? Because your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger is where God calls you. Amen.